You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hello, welcome back to Sarcastic Remarks. This is the after-game review for game number 18. The Dallas Stars win by a final score of 5-2 to two against the New York Islanders and Matthew Barzell. Welcome to the show. We want to thank DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor of this episode, this podcast, and all of THPN. Go ahead and use that promo code THP and the next time you use their app for a special little offer from them. Hey, James, how are you doing tonight? You doing okay? Doing pretty good, yeah. That was a very fun game overall. Uh, lots of things that we, we're going to dive into here tonight and things we can talk about. Uh, but what did you think about overall about tonight's game? Just a fun game to watch, honestly. Close pretty much to the whole thing. And we won the last period, so we won the game. So the nice thing about this is that we fight some resiliency from in the injury bug. It, it claimed another victim in Rope Hints tonight, unfortunately. So that was the big storyline literally two minutes before the game started. And then uh, Hanley comes in for Hints. Obviously, that's not even a comparison. But, uh, you know, Hanley does okay tonight. And the Stars do okay tonight with without Rope Hints. So... Um, for you, what was the one player that really kind of stood out tonight other than Jamie Benn? Because we're gonna we'll talk about Jamie Benn a ton. But other than Jamie Benn, who was someone that like really stood out to you and had a really good game? Jamie Benn. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason I knew you were gonna say Don't that. Tell anyway. me who else. <laughs> That's the only player. Who else am right. I supposed to say? Right. And uh let's just get straight into it. So uh, Dallas goes 11 and seven, 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Uh, Hanley will be end up playing uh, forward tonight, which actually worked out pretty well. He wasn't too bad as a fourth line forward. Um, and then uh, Colin Miller also draws back into the lineup as well. Uh, James doesn't agree with me though, with the whole Hanley. He only played four minutes. So, I mean, <laughs> inconclusive. <laughs> and but what he did, he did okay on, right? Um, anyways, uh, coming right off early in the game, the shots were three to nothing for the New York Islanders. So Islanders right off the bat, taking their pucks, taking their sticks and shooting it out there. Um, to start off the game, uh, Ben was actually out there in, uh, in place of where Ropa Hintz would be on that top line. Um, Beauvillier was a very noticeable player for me tonight for the New York Islanders. He had a really good game. Uh, there was a really pretty pass for Foxa, and and I wrote this about five minutes in. I said, it feels a little weird with the synergy in tonight's game because there wasn't a lot of, uh, I mean, I don't even know what to put on it. There just wasn't a lot of chemistry going on. And boy, would that change. Boy, would it. Um, <laughs> Dallas would go on the power play first. It was an actual tripping call, finally. And uh, there was a couple of chances there, but uh, but Beauvillier would actually have the best chance of either team during that power play. And uh, it was a two-on-one with Brock Nelson, and uh, Otter turns it aside. Uh, I mean, right overall, after... 
Go ahead. Overall, I thought that power play was fine. Obviously, the odd man chance, the shorthanded chance was not good. That was the worst thing that could have happened. But you get bailed out by Otter, and we honestly had some decent chances on it. So, Right after that power play, I think it really got the Stars going at least a little bit. And they were at least able to spend some time in the offensive zone, even though Ropa Hintz wasn't in the game. And very quickly, it went from... I think it was like six to nothing in shots to eight to seven in shots in favor of Dallas. So that was important for the stars to get going on the offensive side of the puck. Um, there was a really big Dallas turnover about eight minutes remaining and the Islanders were having Dallas swimming defensively. It wasn't a good play there. And uh, Varlamov w- would actually have a couple of good uh, saves here in the first period. One of them was on the uh, Landry at the top of the crease. And then I wrote this down because Miro is just fantastic. And, so is Razor. He is like a feather on a freight train. Whatever the heck that means. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as Mira Haskinen was flying through the neutral zone and flying through the offensive zone, trying to get something going. Um, but you did a couple of times tonight. You did. He did. Um, with one minute remaining, Sagan would get tripped by Barzell, and Dallas would actually take the second power play of the game, and uh, they would do nothing with it with the remaining minute in the period, but at the end of the first period, what I wrote down was Dallas had chances on the power play, but right now they're just trying to find synergy. And I thought that the Islanders were actually the better of the two teams in getting scoring chances, and especially uh, Beauvillier. So uh, that's that just what I, I noticed. Think, what did you notice in the first period? I think it felt like we had more chances to them, but they definitely had the better chances in the first. What did you think about some of the uh, line combos that were coming out in that first period? I don't know, man. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we, we put them all in a box and we started shaking the box. I think you could look at it one of two ways. Um, eventually, the stars were resilient and that the players all stepped up, especially Jamie Ben. But the other thing was is I think it shows how important Robey Hintz is to this team. And when he's I mean, not there, the synergy of the whole team is just completely out of whack. And, and I mean, that's first line center. I mean, any, any team loses their first line center, the synergy is going to be whack for them. And that's a fair point, too. Uh, going into the second period, they start the period on the power play, but they can't get into the O zone. So it was pretty much useless. Uh, they were not able to get into the offensive zone at all. Um, the Islanders would kill the penalty, and then immediately after they killed the penalty, Barzell would get his first goal of the season. I never would have thought he'd be leading his team in scoring without a goal. And uh, it was just a tip in front, and I honestly thought it was Lundqvist at fault there. He was just kind of in no man's land, if you go and look look back at the play. Yeah, a little. And it was one nothing Islanders at that point. Yeah. I, it, it's funny because I actually listened to the ticket pregame, and Bruce was actually saying that Barzell hadn't scored at all yet this season after leading his team. And he said, of course, now that I pointed it out, he's going to score tonight. But <laughs> so it, it, he didn't just score. He scored twice. Scored twice. Um, we're not so, there yet, though. Yeah, we're not there yet. Um, after the goal by Barzell, uh, Bavillier again gets another shot. I thought he was the most impressive uh, Islander for me tonight. He had a really good game. Uh, Sagan would have a backhand shot. Didn't really get enough on it. Didn't really get it elevated at all. Uh, Dallas would go on the penalty kill for the first time. It was a high-sticking call on Sagan. It was unfortunate. It was a penalty, though. 
And uh, there was a then, really big by uh, there's go ahead. Go ahead, James. Well, on, on the penalties tonight, real quick, the penalties had kind of a theme. Basically, if you did a penalty and then your team got possession of the puck, it was a penalty. <laughs> that That's kind of how the penalties went. Every single one of them tonight was like that. So at, at least there was some sort of consistency on it tonight. So I'm not too upset about the penalties. I'm not too upset about it either, but it it some of the plays and some of the calls were still really stupid on both sides of the of the game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Otter would have a really big save on Brock Nelson there, and then Foxa scores after Ben just, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess 2015 Foxa, Jamie Ben, yeah, <laughs> Foxa scores. Okay, that, Foxa had his stick was, on the ice, yeah, and just he kept had it his there stick and on the ice and stood, off his stick. yeah, stood on stood on the right side of the net. I mean, it's just. It, it, ben came in there, dangled a couple of people, passed it over the Sagan, quick pass over to Fox right in front of the net, goes in. I mean, it was beautiful. Tic tac toe, baby. Tic tac toe. Yeah, and and all that synergy that didn't happen the, in the first period was just all expended in that one play. It was crazy. <laughs> and uh, that was Fox's second goal of the season. Sagan gets his 700th career point. He's the first player from his draft class to do so, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, right after the goal, though, I, I guess Robertson takes a penalty that I never saw. He apparently yeah, high sticked somebody. We, we never saw it on the broadcast, and they never replayed it. So don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Uh, the Dallas would kill that penalty. Um, there were a couple of chances going both ways. And then I, I put this on Twitter immediately after that goal that Fox has scored. I was just like, you know what? With how well Ben's been playing this year, Sagan's been doing a lot better than last year as well. Why not just throw them together and just see if there's yeah. some magic tonight? I mean, all the lines were in a blender, anyways, and it mm -hmm. wasn't nothing was really sticking. And then, yeah, that was as soon as I as soon as I put that on Twitter, seven and a half minutes remaining in the second period, Ben and Sagan are out there together with Marchment, and that line would completely dominate the rest yeah. of the game. And and it was it was every shift that they had every shift they had they had a great scoring chance they they seriously they looked amazing tonight. Dallas would take their third penalty in a row for too many men, and that storyline of the stars taking too many penalties has continued in this game. Even uh, they would uh, get a chance with uh, Delandria getting a wraparound chance, but literally like 15 seconds after that. Uh, Barzell would score his second goal of the season, his second goal of the game. It was a power play goal off the rush in the slot, and it clinks off the posts and behind uh, Ottinger. So it, it was an unfortunate goal. It was a great play by the Islanders, and uh, Otter just didn't see it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you, you can't have six people on the ice. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Now, here's the other part of the resiliency that I absolutely love from the Stars after this goal. That goal could have been a really big turning point in this game, and it wasn't. Because Mason Marchman in that line with Sagan and Ben, uh, the Bennigan line, we'll call it again. We'll go back to 2015. Um, they immediately answer back, and Marchman gets a goal from the slot. It was a beautiful, beautiful play. Great shot. No chance for Verlamov. He never saw it. And it was literally 40 seconds after the New York Islanders scored their goal. Yeah, it was spectacular. I mean, Ben Ben just takes it in. He dangles through like three players, passes it through one of their legs, straight to Marchment. Marchment goes against the grain, has a perfect shot on the far side of the goal. And it, it was 
absolutely spectacular. <laughs> so great goal by Marchment there. But again, it's it, it's like it's clockwork. The Stars would go on the penalty kill again. Uh, this time it was Johnston with the tripping penalty. And uh, they eventually would kill it off, but they did have some chances. And uh, specifically, there was one by Wallstrom that he just, like, by a whisker went high above the bar. And, uh, you know, I wrote down towards the end of that that second period, I was like, you know, we're seeing, seeing some weird line combos and stuff like that. But I'm all here for it at, at this point. Because, I mean, especially that Marchment trio, the, the Bennigan-Marchment trio was just absolutely excellent in uh, in the game up to that point. And uh, you could see how well they were playing, especially in that second half of that second period. So what were your takeaways from that second period, James? Well, the second period was Barzell versus Ben. I mean, they, they both traded two goals back and forth. I mean, I know Ben technically didn't score, but both were complete setups from him. I mean, they were beautiful. And yeah, I mean, we, we find a way to keep that game even. And both of those, both the goals that we had were right after penalty kills. I mean, the second one they did score on, but we come right out of them and and we score right back. I mean, it's it's really, really good to see. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. NFL Sundays are only getting better and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Before the uh, third period started, I kind of looked at the line combos, and I was just like, you know what? Based off of what I've seen tonight, what do you think could work going into the third period. Like if I'm Pete DeBoer and I'm like, okay, the Marchment trio is working pretty well. What do, where do I go from there if I'm going to have those three guys staying together? Because they look dominant in that second half of that period. So I wrote down, I wrote down Robo and Pav still, but I put Johnston in the middle. And we did see that trio a couple of times out there. Um, for the third line, and- I wrote uh, Foxa, Delandria, and Kiwi. So moving Fox up to that third line role with Ben being on the top line and then putting the fourth line of uh, Glenn Denning, Hanley, and Blue Mel. I thought that would be a, a decent, you know, the best with what you could do with what you're given with Robe Hintz and Dennis Garyanov being out as well. And uh, But, you know, we saw Fox out there with, the, with uh, the, the Robo and Pavelski line as well. And he didn't look completely out of place on that line either. He, he played decently. So that at least I mean, gives me going forward a little bit of hope if Hintz is going to be out for an extended period of time. I mean, it's, it's hard to look bad when your two line mates are Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski. So <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> true. And also just on the... I really thought that Johnston might even start this game as the center for that top line. And it, it, it did end up going that way. I thought that 
the lines might might be just uh, Pavelski, Johnston, and Robertson, and then the second line was going to pretty much stay the same. And then the third line, you might move uh, like Fox or Glenn Denning up there. I don't know. But, I mean, the, the line combos by the end of the night didn't look awful. So we figured it out as the game went along and found a way to make it happen. Well, in that third period, it it just felt so much better. Part of it, I think, was the Islanders. They looked a lot more tired in the third period compared to the first and second. And the Stars finally seemed to get be getting some synergy going with the line combos that they had. Pete DeBoer finally found something that worked for a majority of the players. Yeah. And really what, what it felt like to me is that we, we kind of changed – what we were trying to do in the offensive zone in that third period, at least from what I could tell from in the first two periods, it felt like we were trying to work it to the top a lot more and take shots from the top and tip it in. Cause we knew that Varlamov was going to be a good goaltender tonight. We knew that I mean, he's always good against us. He has a nine twenty on the season. I think we were trying to go with that tips, but uh, the Islanders were doing a great job and they were blocking up those shot, those shot lanes from up top and blocking shots. They weren't even getting to the net. And by the third period, we really we, we took it back behind their net multiple times, and we were trying to work it down underneath a lot more. And that's honestly where all the offensive pressure came, in my opinion, at least. No, I, I agree with you. There was a lot of of differences in how they played in the third period, and I think they play it that played into the strengths of, especially that top. I, I'm going to call it the top line for now because it it really was tonight the Ben Sagan Marchment line. Um, well, after writing that, uh, what I was really hacked off about is, and I, I was up here screaming at my, uh, TV screen, there was a slew fit by Scott Mayfield on, on, uh, Jason Robertson. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah. it hacked. I was me really off. surprised. There that was nothing called. called. But then, then I thought to how they were calling penalties tonight, and they were calling it based off of, was the puck turned over off the penalty? And in that play, it wasn't, and they didn't call it. So honestly, sure. So that's a dangerous play. I mean, you can bust your head. I, no, I fully agree. I fully agree. But with the way they were calling penalties tonight, they probably called that right, honestly. Well, what made me even more hacked off is that Hockenpah would take a penalty right after that. It was two minutes for tripping. I, I could see how they could call that a penalty, but I still didn't yeah. fully agree. But I felt like I felt like uh, he lost the puck and knew that Hockenpah's Dick was right there and kind of sold it a lot and got the just call on it. Fell. I mean, just fell. yeah, I mean, but your stick's in the wrong spot if you're hawking paw. They would kill that penalty off, and then Jamie Ben does Jamie Ben things. He scores. It was an amazing I'd shift by that line. Fell. And I literally, I literally stole Razor's quote and I wrote, Is it 2015 again? <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, we haven't seen the chemistry between Ben and Sagan like that in probably about three or four years. And I know it's a small sample size in tonight's game, but we saw it. It looked very similar. It looked very similar to when they were just dominant in 2015, 16, 17. So uh, Ben would score, and that puts the Stars up for the first time in the game tonight. What do you think about that play particularly? Well, the the crazy thing is that all three of those, all three of the goals from that line all came right after penalty kills. I mean, it, it's... I, I really think I, I like that taking taking penalties is kind of like a joke. Like, yes, just take all the penalties. Yes. But I mean, tonight it seemed to work out. They scored three 
right after penalty kills every single time. I mean, I, I, I don't, I really don't know if that's actually because of the penalty kill or not, but it seems to be working out that way. So, uh, Kiviranta would have a shot right after that goal by the by the Dallas Stars. There's a three on one odd man rush. Ben shoots it just a whisker high of the bar again. He was, I, I'll say it again. He's on a fire streak. He's he's not even on a hot streak. I mean, I haven't seen him play like this in many, many years. Um, I mean, right now in this month, he's matching Robertson point for point. <laughs> that that's that's insane. That's weird to think, right? Absolutely weird to think. Um, and then Suter, Ryan Suter. The I would say that Jamie Ben was like the superhero, but Ryan Suter is the one that like solidified the night. He saves the goal, pulls it right off of the line, and I just wrote, how did that not go in? Like, how on earth did that not go in? And then immediately after Ryan Suter does that, I don't even have a time to think. The, uh, I think it was Pavelski wins the faceoff in the offensive zone. Robertson takes it, and he just puts a cookie jar right above the bar, or right below the bar. And it was just, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that, and, that, like, and that's that, very... Yeah, and that, I mean, that's a two goal swing in momentum right there. Yeah, no, it, no, yeah, that's and at that point, I'm just I I think I accidentally knocked my my really nice gaming chair over here on, on the floor by standing up and just screaming out of the top of my lungs. I was so excited. Huge, what Enormous a fun Yep, and it extends Robertson's point streak to eleven games. Ah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was coming. Ah, we knew it was coming. Anyways. Who need who needs robot hands anyways? Um, uh, Miro would have a point shot that'd get tipped. Uh, two and a half minutes, there'd be an empty net for the New York Islanders as they try to tie it up, and then Hawkenpaw uh, un unintentionally gets the empty net goal to put it up five to two for Dallas. And then I thought this was kind of weird too, but they sent off Scott Mayfield there with like seven seconds left in the game. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. I honestly, that kind of annoyed me because there's literally seven seconds of the game. Let them just drop the puck and then go off, but whatever. I'd say let someone punch Scott Mayfield in the face. I wonder what. I wonder if it's he it had to be been something he said to one of the Stars players or something. I don't know. I don't know. Man. So Either way, uh, Hockenbach gets that 200-foot goal. That makes Ottinger get a primary assist. Yeah! That's a goalie point right there. Eventually, he's going to get a goal. Eventually. One day. Mm. He doesn't really shoot for them, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and w w one of the things I do appreciate about him is that he doesn't stick-handle the puck a lot because he knows he's not super fantastic about it, so... He but, makes good plays with the pucks, yeah, though. Yeah, he does. So, okay, James, thoughts on the third period? What'd you think? I mean, we just... We took it right right out of their hands. I mean, it's the first first game that we've won after it's tied after the second. So, I mean... Great close play playing today from the stars. They find a way to get that goal from the Ben Sagan Marchment line. They they were just dominant in the night. Uh Suter saves it off off the very end. It's just, that would have tied it. That would have probably sent it to overtime, honestly. And I don't know if we win it then. But he saves it there. And then Robertson, of course, gets the insurance goal. Cause who else? Yeah, right. And just when he scored it, that like you said, it was a it was a two goal momentum, pretty That's much. It. I mean, like it, that should have been a game tying goal, and instead it goes the other way a minute later, and Robertson pots it in four two. So yeah, that that I was so excited at that point. Really over at that point because there's been so many two goal leads that teams have blown. But 
the Vancouver. momentum swing was just Vancouver. so it was Vancouver and the Flyers tonight. And the Flyers, the Flyers lost big, but I mean, it, the the swing and momentum was just so big. There was only four minutes left in the game. It was it was over by then. All right, James. What happened in tonight's game? Uh, I, we have to start with the obvious. Jamie Ben. I mean, Jamie I mean, ben. talk talk Jamie about ben, him. Jamie was... Ben. Jamie Ben. Uh, he went full. But both him and Sagan turned back the clock tonight. They their line has three goals on the night. I I don't count Foxa really as scoring the first one because he was kind of just there, you know. But he did score it. But whatever. They that they were just dominant. They just it was insane. They couldn't be stopped. It was so much fun to watch Ben again with uh, Sagan and just realize that could that continue? And my my thought was like if Robe does come back and Robe continues that to to be in the middle with uh, Pavelski and Robertson, obviously, do you put Ben and Sagan together with Marchman and go with that as your second line, or do you leave Ben so. with Johnston? If it keeps if it keeps working, yes, and then you have, and then you essentially have what looks to be two first lines. <laughs> Because that's how dominant they were tonight. They looked like a first line. It looked like they they were supposed to do that all the time. Like they'd been doing it all season long. <laughs> it, it it looked fantastic. I absolutely loved what how they played tonight. I mean, the, and the, the the thing is, it wasn't just like it, it wasn't as much what we normally see from our first line from Pavelski, Robertson, and Hence, which they get in the zone and they work it around and they get the cycle going and then they get in front and then they get the goal from in front. That's not that's not what Ben did tonight. He just, he skated, drew everyone's attention, passed it to the open dude on the other side of the crease and shot it in. I mean, it was, it was quick passing plays and Ben to angling and that's what did it. I mean... I would at least give it a shot, right? For the next game, so. if if Hintz is back, and just no. put them both together and just see how it goes. I think for sure they'll get a look. Um, Brooke, Brooke asking a good question is, who would you put with Johnston then? You, you put Johnston with the Landry and Blumel. I mean, that's your third line, and that that's a pretty nice-looking third line, honestly. <laughs> they haven't played together yet, but it's it's a young line, and it looks nice, but... For sure, they're going to get a look, regardless of Hintz's, if Hintz is back or not. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then um, the other thing that happened tonight is that Otter was very solid. Again, he he played much better than he has in the past week or so. And uh, he had some really big saves. Not, not like, you know, sprawling, you know, highlight reel saves, but they were very good saves at very opportune times. And then when he broke down and he wasn't able to, to get the save, Ryan Suter was there to help him that one time, and that's all we—that's all he needed. Because then Robertson scores the other way, it becomes four-two. So, yeah. and, uh, and the main he was thing great tonight. with him tonight was he wasn't giving up the juicy rebounds tonight. His rebound control tonight was spectacular, honestly, and that's that's why he doesn't let up as many goals as other goaltenders, in my opinion. He, his rebound control just seems to be that good. He just doesn't give them up, and that he, it showed tonight in the scoreboard, two-five. Two goals. That's it. Okay, I think it's pretty obvious who it, the answer is going to be for one of these questions. But who's the biggest winner and who's the biggest loser in tonight's game, uh, James? 
well, I'm going to make you choose the obvious one, and I'm going to choose Marchment for my biggest winner. He's a two-point night, goal and assist, seven shots. He When he got on that line with Ben and Sagan, he really was – he was the one forechecking in the corner and winning those. He looked really good. So I'm actually going to go with uh, – I don't want to give it to someone, like, super obvious, but this is still kind of surprising considering. I'm going to give it to Roddick Foxe. Because he's one of the guys that kind of stepped in in one of the lower roles. And he does end the night with a plus three. So that's very unusual for Roddick Foxa because he's not normally out there when goals are scored. So that means he was solid on both sides of the ice. He was out there when goals are scored and he was not out there when the goals were against. So I mean he had the he had the good the good goal with Ben and Sagan, the first one. And I think it was actually him who won that faceoff for Robertson on his goal. I'm not positive, though. I could be wrong on that. Either I way, I mean... I, he, thought, I thought it was Pavelski. Did, I could have sworn it's Pavelski. Yeah, it was Pavelski. I'm wrong. Either way. But he did look he did look good on the ice tonight. I'll give you that. And uh, before... We, we do need to mention something else that was absolutely incredible. And uh, some people were already talking about it in the chat. But uh, Wedgwood was actually okay. Yeah, I cannot believe that he was even dressed in tonight's game, and it's just really good to see him on the bench and really good to see that he's okay. Yeah, it's really, really important because we have been playing every other night, but we haven't gotten to the back-to-back yet at the end of all this. I mean, we're playing every other night, and then we got a back-to-back at the end of the be- of every other night. So it's we're we're still we're we're still grinding it out right now. We still really need him. They said he went to like the chiropractor and everything, and they checked him out, and they said he was fine. So, played tonight. I don't know what happened, but it's great. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. So here's the interesting thing: uh, looking at the stats in tonight's game, uh, when you look at the faceoff percentage, it's sixty-three to thirty-six. That's not surprising. Um, the block shots were seventeen to fourteen. Hits were pretty even, seventeen to sixteen in favor of the Islanders. But what's really interesting is when you look at the special teams battle tonight. The Stars lost the special teams battle tonight. The, uh, I guess kind of. I mean, Let me yes, rephrase but that. no. <laughs> they only got two power plays, and, and it was just the first two power plays of the game for either team. They didn't score on them, and then the Islanders took advantage and got one goal out of the five opportunities they were given. So, And, and I'll say that we really scored two or three goals after their power plays, too. I mean, after they expired, yes, but nonetheless we took from the penalty kill and instantly moved the momentum back towards us. So whatever. We'll take it. You know, all yeah. that matters is that I, you have more I goals. Don't count, at the end of the I don't game. count us losing special team tonight. Whatever. Shots on goal in the period tonight, 13 and nine in the first for Dallas. And for Dallas. And then in the third, uh, the rain, the Rangers, the Islanders go 10 for nine. And final shots are 35 to 29 in favor of the Stars tonight. And uh, again, some of the narratives continue. The the Stars continue to take too many penalties. Uh, They're able to figure it out somehow without rope hints. That was really important. And Jamie Benn looks like 2015, 2016, 2017 Jamie Benn again. And if he can continue the insanity that he's on right now, I think he has 20 points, right? 20 points in 18 games now. 17 of them in this month. And he didn't have a goal. He did not have a goal in October at all, period. Yeah. So 
the fact that he's able to start ratcheting up those points. And it, I mean, can he score 30 goals this year? I, I'm, I, I didn't expect him days, to get that. Yes. Yeah. Easily. I, I think I saw somewhere on uh, Twitter today uh, that he's on like a 91 point pace. It's I think crazy. I don't think he's going to keep that up. Uh, obviously, I don't think no he's going to keep he that does, up. But, but he's looking to blow the 50 point total that I had him at, out of the water right now. Which I'm all here for. Anything else, James, that we need to mention here tonight? We didn't do Biggest Losers. Oh, we didn't do Biggest Losers. Okay. Is there a Biggest Loser? Well, I'm going to give mine to someone who I thought just wasn't in the right position a lot of times tonight. I'm going to give mine to Lindell, actually. I thought that a lot of times uh, they, they just got forechecked really hard, and he was not playing good against the Islanders forecheck. I mean, there was multiple times where Hockenbaugh had the puck in the corner. Instead of going to the other corner, he went straight to where Hockenbaugh was. It's just questionable. He met some questionable passes. It was... I mean, he ends the night with a plus three, but that's why Chris says hates the plus minus stat because I thought he had a bad game and he has a plus three. So it's not indicative of how you felt like he played. Yeah. I test told me that that he kind of had a rough, rough game with the four checking. I really can't think of anybody, to be honest with you. I really can't. Am I allowed I'll to do... just mulligan this and just do it tomorrow? <laughs> do no, it. Find, find, find another one. <laughs> I believe in you. Come on. Okay. All right. One second. Time. I'm gonna find one for you. All right. We're gonna give it to uh, the the Islanders pellet because he has a minus three. There you go. We'll yeah. count that. <laughs> I'll go with that. There you go. Pellet and Pollock. Pellet and Pollock. That's I, I still love okay, to say that deep pair. I, the Islanders by far have like the best names ever. By the way, Clutterbuck, Pellet and Pollock. I mean, they're some great names, man. And by the way, uh, Brooke, I totally agree with you here. The biggest winner tonight should be Angeline Page for uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Night. So uh, if you did not uh, get a chance to see the little video package they had for her at the beginning of the game, it was fantastic what what she's done and, and how she's uh, dealt with cancer and how she dealt with the pandemic and you know, how hospital how hospitable she is. So just fantastic. She's the, she is the ultimate biggest winner tonight. Okay, anything else, James? Sorry. Uh, play again on Monday. I'm pretty sure that's a 7.30 start. Mm-hmm. I will actually be at that game along with Zach, Cooper, Travis, and our dad. Dang. So that should be fun. Oh, and Monica. Monica's coming too. So it's a cha- it's an all-out Chambers Royale on Monday. So It should be can- fun too. If anybody's going to the game, go say hi to James and the whole Chambers clan. So we will see y'all there if y'all are going to be there. So anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Go out and check out StarcasticMarksShop.com for all of your latest merch. That's the best way to support us and what we do here. Um, And I actually have a good bit of news here as well just for a podcast thing. Uh, We are fixing to launch StarcasticMarks.com. We're going to have our own website. So that's going to be kind of cool here. It, it, I think Can't it's gonna, probably going to go live either tomorrow or on Monday. We'll see how it goes. So. All right. Well, along with James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you all have a good afternoon, 
evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. See you guys later.